Brian McClanahan Show, episode 446. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Show. Glad to have you back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com, mcclanahanacademy.com. Always free to enroll. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, and you get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. You can click on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Throw a few pennies my way. Help keep the lights on. Help keep the podcast going. Get your book plate there. If you want my autograph on one of my books, you can purchase one of my books wherever books are sold. My latest Southern Scribblings is great. You can also click on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Go to Learn True T-R-U-E, learntruehistory.com. I have filled link for Tom Wood's Liberty Classroom, another great educational website. All kinds of great ways to support the show financially. And, I mean, look, if you get a class at McClanahan Academy, it's a win-win. There's almost 20 of them there. You get you purchase the class. You keep this podcast free of charge. You get great content. It's awesome. I mean, who doesn't want great stuff? So go on out to McClanahanAcademy.com. Do that. And as always, share this podcast around on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get this podcast anywhere, any major podcast platform. Uh, let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. That's really important. Um, and I do other things too, of course. This is not just about think locally, act locally. I, I do like that slogan, and we do a lot of that. This week has been more dedicated to uh, the problems of political puritanism than anything else. And I want to wrap up the week with an assessment of that. And way back on January 19th, and I put this out on YouTube, if you're on my YouTube channel, I did a little seven-minute clip from January 19th, where I made some predictions about Joe Biden. Now, one of them, let me, let me just say a couple of things. I have to issue a correction. In one of my previous podcasts, I said that uh, Warren Harding was the last person right. It was actually Calvin Coolidge, and I know that. But somebody did say, hey, you said this. It was actually Calvin Coolidge right. So after Calvin Coolidge, we had presidents hiring speechwriters. But... Uh, let me say that correction. The other thing that people criticized me in the seven-minute clip is that I said that uh, the 2020 election was a referendum on Trump. Well, I think it was. It was either pro-Trump or against Trump. And I think a lot of people voted against Trump, not for Biden, but they voted against Trump. And that's what made Biden pretty much irrelevant. And I would say that this is the case go- ongoing right now. Biden is essentially irrelevant, except in the, so far as he holds power. Now, this piece at justthenews.com, which is a great website. You know, Drudge has gotten to the point where you can't, you don't really know. But Just the News is fantastic. If you're not reading justthenews.com, you're missing out. Because it is so much better uh, in, in headlines and other things. And it covers a wide variety of topics, just like the Drudge Report does. But justthenews.com. Now, on January 19, 2021, I made a series of predictions about what was going to happen in the first two years of the Biden administration. It's been happening faster than what I predicted. I said, within two years, we're going to get $4 a gallon gas. Well, we've already seen in some places 
$7 a gallon gas. And that's because the Colonial Pipeline shut down. And that wasn't necessarily the result of anything the Biden administration did. But not having adequate security, not having cybersecurity, these kind of things. This is really problematic for the United States. I mean, look, cyber warfare is a real threat. So what are you going to do about it? You always have to stay one step ahead of the hackers and everyone else because, I mean, we do have critical infrastructure now that's all based on computers. What happens if they shut down the power grids? What happens if they, shut, they blow out transformers and do all kinds? There are real serious threats out there that I think we need to be aware of. But in that, in that seven-minute prediction piece, I said we're going to get more inflation. We're getting that. We're getting higher gas prices. We're getting that. We're going to have wars in the Middle East, Iran. I said Iran was going to be a real problem, plus with China. We know China's becoming a major threat. They've said it. Uh, Iran, we've got this situation now in Israel. And Iran, of course, has always been a state sponsor of the uh, groups that are opposing Israeli expansion. But, I mean, this is something the Trump administration have been able to work out, right? We had peace treaties all over the Middle East. What's happened? Biden comes into office, all that stuff is canceled. That's because the left is actively trying to undo everything Trump did for four years. We just had Biden cancel a, an executive order that created a monument guard. Now, I had problems with the monument guard and who they were going to put there. I thought it was kind of silly. But the idea, and same thing with the 1776 commission. I mean, okay, th these things were problematic because they were telling a story that wasn't necessarily entirely accurate. Uh, but regardless, you know, Trump had tried to protect monuments across the United States. Biden cancels that. But there are so many other things. And so this article at Just the News actually does a very good job pointing out all the things that are happening in the Biden administration, not because of Trump, but because of Biden. This is what people voted for. And they didn't realize they were getting it. Now, of course, I knew they were getting it. You probably knew they were getting it because you listen to this podcast. But most people didn't know this is what they were getting. And again, there's a, there's a headline... Iran's unseen hand, uh, Quds, Force, uh, Quds Force commander pledges support to Hamas and fight against Israel, right? So, I mean, here's Iran. I told you this was going to happen. Now, President Biden entered the Oval Office nearly four months ago and immediately signed dozens of executive orders and made sweeping legislative proposals aimed at rolling back the policies of former President Donald Trump. Early in the Biden presidency, the United States is now facing a series of emerging crises that critics attribute directly to these reversals of Trump-era policies and positions. Weak leadership is the cause of all these crises, freshman Representative Lauren uh, Boebert told the John Solomon Re uh, podcast, Reports podcast, citing the surge of illegal, illegal immigration, the disabling colonial pipeline attack, and the flare-up of violence in the Middle East. Now, I also talked about immigration. It was going to be wide open once Biden came in. It's going to be worse, and it is. So let's start with the border. This is why you should listen to the Biden, uh, the Biden, the Brian McClanahan show, right? Because in January, I told you all this stuff was coming. I told you then, and here it is in May. It's all here. Border. According to the most recent figures, the Customs and Border Patrol Agency encountered more than 178,000 illegal migrants crossing into the United States via the southern border in April. That figure is up slightly from the already high 172,000 recorded in March. Nearly half a million illegal crossers have been shuttled through the immigration system and released into the U.S. since Biden assumed office, and countless thousands more have become come undetected. Within a few days of arrival, most migrants have legal documents and are sent on their way to all four corners of the United States, according to 
Todd Benzman, a fellow with the Center for Immigration Studies who was stationed at the Texas-Mexico border. On his first day in office, Biden took major steps to reverse Trump border policies, including funding to complete the border wall was halted. The migrant protection protocols, known as the Remain in Mexico policy, was repealed. And the U.S. Citizenship Act for 2021 was sent to Congress. Now, what's interesting about that is Biden, of course, is now saying we got to put more wall up. we got to build more wall. Go do it again. So, I mean, this is, this is interesting. Trump is still going to be on the ballot in 2024, whether he's running for office or not. His agenda is certainly going to be on the ballot, whether Trump did a good job of it or not. Or not. But these problems, these policies are still going to be on the ballot. Will Republicans decide they want to halt inflation and cut spending? I mean, because this is what they're going to have to do to do it. Of course, we're trying to reopen the economy now, which was shut down during the Trump administration, but at the insistence on uh, Anthony Fauci, and of course, is still shut down in states. The states had control over this stuff. The Trump administration didn't. But the Republican states have basically opened back up again. So we're, we're open for business. The Democrat states are lagging behind. Now, I predicted a border crisis on January 19, 2020. I mean, look, this stuff was easy to see. It's not like I'm saying things that people hadn't, couldn't, if you just had eyes, half a brain couldn't have seen these things. While many high-profile Republican politicians have visited the border and reported on the immigration flood overwhelming the federal facilities, few Democrats have made the trip, and even fewer have publicly acknowledged the dimensions of the crisis. The White House has been mostly silent on the issue, often sending Press Secretary Jen Psaki into the briefing room. I'm sorry, I said her name wrong. Uh, Jen Psaki, because you forget the S if you're Joe Biden. Uh, Jen Psaki into the briefing room to skirt, deflect, and dodge questions. This is true. In fact, she's told Joe Biden, don't answer these questions. Don't answer questions. Because they all know Biden can't really answer the questions. The legislation Biden has sent to Congress suggests he may wish to create a system that offers a pathway to citizenship to the illegal immigrants that have flooded into the country since January. Why would they want to do that? Why would the Democrats want to create all of these new citizens? Well, what does that mean? It means votes for the Democrats. I mean, this is the exact reason why. It's, it's no different than in the 1850s when you saw both sides battling it over out over ex, uh, expansion into the West because it meant power. It meant new states and new votes, and this is what it was all about. And this is what D.C. is about. If it wasn't about that, if it's all about representation, well, then simply let these people in D.C. vote in Maryland and be done with it. That's not what it's about. It's about power. Americans will begin to feel the impact of the tide of legal immigration during the upcoming school year, predicted uh, Bensman, when local school districts will be required to hire additional ESL instructors because nobody speaks any English. They will also require health care. In an interview with uh, Just the News AM, uh, Bensman warned that taxes will rise to accommodate the care needed by the hundreds of thousands of migrants, virtually none of whom he said are eligible for asylum. These are economic immigrants who are here because the new president created an, an inviting environment for them, said, uh, said Bensman, citing conversations he has had on the border. Now, the president said it. He said it in the debates leading up. When I'm here, open it up, open it up. He said, just open it up. Come on in. Welcome in. So this is what's happened. Right. So the point is, Biden created this crisis and people see it, but the media won't hold him accountable for that. 
The strength of the economy was the crowning achievement of the Trump presidency, at least until the pandemic. President Biden inherited high rates of joblessness, mostly caused by continued COVID-19 restrictions that depress economic activity. In theory, job creation should increase as restrictions are lifted. However, last week's dismal jobs report, coupled with a current annual inflation rate of 4.2%, according to the White House Council of Economic Advisors, indicate that Biden's economic policy measures may be misfiring across the board. Well, this is true. What are they doing? They're paying people not to work. You're seeing, you're seeing real problems for people, uh, employers, I should say, because they can't get people to work. And jobs that uh, before the pandemic, I mean, they had people filing, applying for these jobs all the time. Now they can't get anybody to work at them. Why? Because they get some type of benefits for not doing it. While some states are moving to end their pandemic unemployment assistance programs in order to motivate the jobless to seek work and help small business owners in need of employees, the president affirmed his support for continuing to enhance unemployment benefits despite the disappointing jobs report. He said this is not, this is not a problem. There's no problem here. We're not creating a situation of universal basic income where people aren't going to want to work. Yes, they are. This is exactly what they're doing. Biden has repeatedly said that he does not believe that the enhanced benefits had a measurable impact on the jobs numbers. Yet, even as he, dis- as he is dismissing widespread concerns about the disincentivizing effects of the enhanced benefits, he promised earlier this week that his administration is going to make it clear that anyone collecting unemployment who is offered a suitable job must take the job or lose their unemployment benefits. It's not just a good deal for those, these workers to go back on the job, said economist Stephen Moore. The work disincent- disincentives are causing chokeholds in the supply chain, he explained. Truckers are saying they can't get oil to the gas pumps because they don't have enough drivers. This is a real drag on the economy right now, and it's so easily solved, yes, by getting rid of universal basic income and, dis- and, and getting rid of these, of these things that were put in place. I mean, a lot of people did have to go home, suffered, had bad economic situations. Everyone understands that, right? But all that's over. States are opening up. Now, that's going to create, as more people spend money and the economy roars back, you know, infl- the government liked to always say inflation was around 1% to 2%. So what the Fed is now saying that it's at 4%, and I'm going to get into this because the economy is coming back so quickly. It was suppressed for a year, so you're going to see higher inflation right now because it would have already been here had the economy been going on. We would have seen a 4% increase over two years anyways. But what does that actually admit? What does that admit? If inflation is around 1% to 2% a year, if you're not getting 1% to 2% pay raise every year, you're losing money. The Fed is essentially admitting that people locked into to salaries, the same salary for, say, four or five years. If you're in the same salary and you don't get a raise for five years, you've lost about 10 to 15% of your purchasing power over that particular time period because of inflation. Now, if we're at 4%, well, maybe next year it'll be 2%, who knows, but in these three-year period, then you've lost 6% of your purchasing power. The White House now says the president is directing the Secretary of Labor to issue guidance to states to reinstate work search requirements for UI recipients if health and safety conditions allow. The rising inflation rate is another worrisome issue as stock market slid Tuesday and Wednesday in reaction to Labor Department's April Consumer Prices Report, which showed spiking prices of food, clothes, and cars. The Federal Reserve is insisting that the inflation is a temporary side effect of America's economic recovery from the pandemic. Outside economists are not so sure. 
Seema Shah, the chief strategist at London-based investment firm Principal Global Investors, told the BBC that the inflation rate came in a meaningful higher and meaningfully higher than expected and will further stoke concerns that the Fed has misread the inflation story. She called the April Consumer Price Index a big miss, making it, along with the jobs report, the administration's second big miss in under a week. Concerned about inflation are leading to consumer stockpiling of food and other basic items. As food prices go up, and this is a real choke, it is, it's hard. I mean, inflation is, an, is a tax. You just don't see it. It's a 3% tax or 2% tax, or in this case, 4% tax. Every year for people who are making a fixed, on a fixed income, it's a tax. And so as that inflation goes up, uh, you're seeing it, and that, that's manifested in food prices. You know, if, you're, if you spend $100 a week on groceries, we think about what that 4% is going to do to you. In some cases, it's much higher than that. I mean, we know it. Some cases, I mean, with some products, it's you know, 20, 30 percent. So that's a big hit. You know, even at four dollars, if it was a hundred dollars a week, and it's four percent. So even at four dollars over a month, that's an extra twenty bucks or so that you're going to need for your groceries. Well, I mean, if people are on a really tight budget, twenty dollars is hard to come by, or forty dollars. Or sixty dollars, depending on how much you spend, it could be an extra hundred dollars a month. You got to come up with just for food. What about gas? Gas prices are up almost a dollar a gallon. So, if it was costing you, you know, hundred dollars a month or two hundred dollars a month, well, and you were getting, you know, four tanks of gas out of that. Now it's another, say, twenty bucks a week for your gas. Now you're up another. You just doubled your price. So this is this is the real problem with all of this, and I think this is where inflation and people voted for this stuff. It's it's the problem. It's the it's the sad part of it. They voted for it. And then of course there's the Middle East. More than 1,500 rockets, I'm sorry, have been launched into Israel by militant terrorist group Hamas since the week began. Several Israelis and dozens of Palestinians have been killed as the Israeli defense forces trade fire with their hostile neighbors. Biden waited several days before addressing the issue personally Wednesday evening saying he had spoken with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and affirming that Israel has a right to defend itself. His response was met by criticism from progressive members of his party. Earlier in the week, uh, Paki, on behalf of the president, condemned the outbreak of violence in the region in neutral terms. Jerusalem, a city of such importance to people of faith around the world, must be a place of coexistence, she said. Following the notoriously icy relationship between former President Barack Obama and Netanyahu, Donald Trump oversaw a period of unprecedented warmth in U.S.-Israel relations, during which the administration moved the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, officially recognizing the holy city as the nation's capital. He then brokered the Abraham Accords, which established a framework for a new era of normalized relations between Israel and historic Gulf Arab adversaries. After this week's rocket attacks, Trump wrote, America must always stand with Israel and make clear that the Palestinians must end the violence, terror, and rocket attacks, and make clear that the U.S. will always strongly support Israel's right to defend itself. On Wednesday afternoon, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken announced he would send senior aide Hadi Amor to the region to urge calm between Israel and Palestinian forces. Conservative websites, including Breitbart and Front Page, have claimed that Amar, a naturalized American of Lebanese birth, has an anti-Israel basis. In the meantime, Netanyahu recently said of his forces' ongoing rocket fire, this is just the beginning. We'll hit them like they, were, like they never dreamed possible. So we've got these rising tensions in the Middle East. I predicted that was going to happen. Inflation was going to happen. All that was going to happen. 
And of course, I also predicted court packing, which is going to happen, gun control, which is going to happen. In an unexpected turn of events reminiscent from, of scenes from the 1970s, much of the East Coast is now looking at fuel shortages following the Russian hacking group Dark Side's attack on the Colonial Pipeline. Several states declared a state of emergency in the face of shortages at gas stations as the pipeline struggled to come back online. Members of the administration and some governors are encouraging Americans to refrain from panic buying gas, but others have suspended gasoline taxes and fuel regulations in response. Colonial announced Wednesday evening that it had begun the process of restarting the pipeline operations after paying the hackers nearly $5 bucks, It can still be days, however, before the, before the pipeline is fully operational, meaning gas outages will continue for the near term. If this outrage, out, I'm sorry, outrage goes past the end of the week, prices could spike pretty dramatically. Kevin Book, head of the research at Clareview Energy Partners, told CBS News, national gas prices have already risen $0.06 cents over the last week to $2.96 a gallon, according to AAA, AAA. Gas prices were on the rise even before Darkside executed its attack, thanks in part to Biden administration environmental policies that have inhibited U.S. oil production, reversals of Trump administration policies that prioritize U.S. energy independence. Well, this is true. I mean, this is what Biden wants. They want $4 a gallon gas. They want normal $4 a gallon gas because that means people are going to want to get away from gas. Of course, this also means higher heating oil and other things. It's going to be your wallet that's crushed by these policies. Gas lines, inflation, economic stagnation, and a brewing crisis in the Middle East, to say nothing of the, of the border, has led some to liken the early days of the Biden presidency to the ill-fated presidency of Jimmy Carter. On Wednesday, Trump made it clear he thinks the comparison is unfair to Carter. Jimmy mishandled crisis after crisis, but Biden created crisis after crisis. Someday we'll compare future disasters to the Biden administration, but no, Jimmy was better, the former president wrote to his supporters. Now, I'm another one that's not so hard on Carter as you know many conservatives. Um, I think Carter did a few good things, and he was very Jeffersonian in his demeanor as president. So I, I wrote a piece about that, the last Republican president, lowercase r, Republican, for Jimmy Carter. But I predicted all this stuff happening. Look, this is why you should listen to this show. So this is just an affirmation of what I said was going to happen f- four months ago. January 19th, you can go back and look. The Joe Show is the title of the podcast where I did it. And then, of course, I did a seven-minute clip of that just on my YouTube channel. Go out and look. I'm going to start doing more of those clips, I think, to try to draw you in on some things I say in some of these episodes that are, I think, prescient about what's going on in American society or history or other things. But I wanted to bring this up because, I mean, look, what's happening now is easily predicted. And I think... Uh, Nothing's going to turn around. I mean, you have some other headlines just on Just the News right now. Um, the Space Force official fired after announcing neo-Marxist agenda in U.S. military. Well, this is this is the political Puritans. They're purging people. Um, and, I mean, we're going to see more of this. We are going to see court packing, I think. We are going to see uh, it's going to happen. They're going to try to, to put more judges on the federal courts. We're going to see some type of gun control legislation pass at some point. We're seeing the voting rights situation. I mentioned that before. The, the Democrats with H.R. 1 and other things, what they're trying to do is make it to where states can't control voting. We're seeing this. We're going to see the border continue to be porous. It's just going to have holes in it. We're going to continue to see energy prices go up. We're going to continue to see inflation. We're going to continue to see in Israel, Middle East problems. We're going to continue. In fact, I think the United States is going to be embroiled in a war within a year. We're going to have troops on the ground, combat troops on the ground, 
before too long, I think, in these areas. And it's sad. This is a sad state of affairs. We've gone 180 degrees in the other direction. We had a generally peaceful environment for four years, and now we're seeing a disaster across the United States. And it's because of progressive policies. Left progressive policies in particular, but because right progressive policies can be just as bad at times. But certainly, uh, we're seeing that. All right. So, listen to The Brian McClanahan Show. Get the scoop before it happens. I'll see you next week on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.